0: Good evening, everyone, this is once again the Muni Poly Matters podcast, I'm very pleased to be back and to bring you a spotlight on another candidate who's running in the 2022 Ontario Municipal election. I'm very pleased to introduce Mr. Rich Lau, he is uh, a candidate running in the city of Markham, he is uh, running in Ward 2 in uh, Markham, right. and uh, Rich, uh, very nice, nice to meet you, how are you tonight?
1: Very nice. Thank you so much, Alan, for doing this. You know, I think what you're doing is very important because um, throughout my past month since I registered as a candidate, I find out that a lot of our residents, you know, they know about the federal election. They know about the uh, Ontario election that just happened in June. But over time, I find they are overlooking our municipal election. Some of us, some of some of them don't even know about them.
0: Yeah, it's it's very um... Uh, interesting. It's almost ironic because uh, the municipal level of government seems to be the one most directly impacting our lives yes. on a daily basis, and yet it's the election where there's the lowest lower voter turnout. We thought that the provincial election might have a low voter turnout this time, but in municipal election is usually even lower.
1: Um, yes, what yeah. you're saying is totally correct. You know, yeah. for the past two federal election, the uh, voting uh, ratio is about you know around 70 above 70. So that's very good. For Ontario election for the past uh, two times, I, I realized that it's about 40-something, you know, close to 50%, right? But for municipal election, um, especially in my ward, Ward 2, where I'm living, the voting turnout is so low. It's, it's, I, I, I'm very sad to say that it's only 22% for the last election, for my ward. Out of 10 people, only two people went out and voted. So that's something that we need to pay attention to.
0: Yeah. Uh, let me just do uh something for one quick second, cause I want to uh because there is a video portion of this later. I want to show people where Ward Two in Markham actually is. So, oh, perfect. Uh, let, yeah. So this is a map of the city of Markham's uh, uh eight wards. Yeah. And uh, Ward Two is here. It's bordered by Highway four hundred four, mm-hmm. uh, and then Highway seven on the south, and then Warden Avenue on the east, and then all the way to the north boundary of the city limit so uh f- i guess um, i guess the most uh, prominent uh local areas in the ward uh buttonville Air- uh, airport is in the yes. ward yeah. um oh markham civic center so city hall is right in your city ward, hall sorry. is right there yeah and then there's also neighborhoods like uh Cachette and uh i think um Buttonville is in there. And then there's also a uh, cathedral town. Is this also- is
1: cathedral town where I live. Yeah.
0: Oh yes. Yes. For those of you watching on video, which is background is cathedral town. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so how long have you lived in, in cathedral town or in the, in the ward? Have you always I've, lived there?
1: Uh, no, uh, my, I, me and my wife, we bought our first house uh, in Markham uh, near McCowan and uh, major McKenzie. And then we moved here to uh buying a major Mackenzie because we, we we feel like this neighborhood is you no know, my daughter is one year-old and we plan to live here for the next 40 years 50 years so I want to find the perfect neighborhood for me and uh, I, I find a lot of potential in war Two, and so far my neighbors are really good really nice so I love this neighborhood
0: okay so uh so this is your first time running right like, uh, this is the first time you put yourself forward as a candidate for public yes. office
1: yes okay that, yes i have uh, you know uh, been a reporter a news anchor for the past 15 16 years so i'm very familiar with you know three levels of government and i have a lot of you know friends and uh, you know in the federal government provincial government you know some of them became politicians some of them already retired and uh, some of them are city councillors and uh, i've met the mayor many times and that's why I think as a media person, someone who do the news, mm-hmm. um, I have an advantage of, you know, being familiar with, you know, what the three level governments do. That sometimes I have to explain to my residents, you know, what's the difference between the three levels of government? Some of them do not, you know, clearly know the differences and what the responsibilities are.
0: So, um, had, had you always just wanted to be in uh, the media business or, or, or the news uh an industry. I just wonder how you decide to, Of the all right. things you wanted to do, that you wanted to be a news
1: reporter, right? Okay, so let's let's do a little introduction of myself. You oh, know, sure. I, I came from Hong Kong. I came to Canada when I was fourteen. I studied high school here um, in St Andrews College in Aurora, and then I went to U of T Scarborough and studied mental health science. I graduated with a degree, and then my, my first job is uh, in the media field. You know, um, I started working in the Chinese radio station as a radio host, you know, talking about traffic, weather, you know, music, sports, and the news. And there was a, there was an opportunity for me in my mid twenties that I was able to become, you know, a news reporter. And then for the past 10 years, I have been, you know, the news anchor of a, um, national broadcast Chinese television. So a lot of, you know, uh, Chinese uh, families will maybe recognize my face. Some of them do. When I was canvassing, they will be like, oh, I saw you on TV before. What are you doing here? And it's like, I quit at my job. And they're like, what? And I, I tell them, yes, I'm so dedicated. I actually quit at my job on TV and to become your sixth city counselor. Yeah, that's my story.
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's a very amazing story. Yes. Um, yeah. I would imagine that some people might recognize you when you come to the door because you've been on their TVs for the last 10, 15 years, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's, um, I guess let's uh, look into some of your platform ideas. Cause I went to your website and I've seen, uh, I watched some of the videos that you put out. You had a, Thank I you. guess you had like, a campaign launch of some kind.
1: Yes, right? that was uh, in May. That was yeah. a few days right after I registered. I was actually the first candidate to uh, use. Yeah, I, was, I'm curious.
0: Why did you think it was important to like make a point of that? Cause let, let's just put out something there. Right to you like there's a lot of people who are the first person to register they can say Mm -hmm. that obviously but it's not like they always all of them are going to end up winning Uh, i've had friends who (laughs) run for office for no offense right i've had friends who run for they've said they've they've registered the first day but they end up not winning so there's always just that um thing to consider like i don't know why did you think it was important to emphasize that you were like the first candidate in war two to register
1: yeah, very good question. I can answer that. So, first of all, fun fact this year is the first year the city of Markham is doing the electronic registration for candidates. Before, we always have to go to the city hall, the civic center, and we have to, you know, assign and you know have a meeting with the city staff, the uh, election clerk. But this year, because of COVID, they changed everything. Every single candidate, including, you know, the mayor later on, they have to do it online. So, uh, I decided that I should, you know, test the system out. I, uh, 9 a.m. that morning, uh, May second. Uh, I was told that I was the first one that completed the process. It was about uh, an hour. It, it wasn't difficult at all. And um, the reason why I decided to, you know, run to register uh, and emphasize that I was the first candidate to do it, and hold Markham, is because I want to show that I'm not an opportunist. Um, there will be people that, uh, you know, in the uh, the municipal election where they will you know, look around and see which ward am I going to have a chance to win. You know, They might not even live in that ward, but they, they feel like, oh, the incumbents have just left, so they, there's a s- spot for me, and let's calculate the, the chance of winning and then decide to run or not. So the, the statement I'm trying to uh, point out is that I'm not like that. Like I'm going to run anyway. I'm not going to care if the incumbent for war two is going to run again or not, which the case is that he decided to, you know, run for regional counselor. So it just happened that um, war two is now, you know, lack of incumbent. And I believe at this moment, including me, there are already four candidates that just registered already.
0: Yes, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, war two is currently represented by council Alan Ho, Alan Ho mm-hmm. has uh, decided to run for regional councillor in Markham, so he'll be running citywide. So Ward Two has become an open ward, so that's why Rich and some of the others have been uh, putting their names forward. I, I think I mean, but but even still, like if Councilor Ho was running, would you have jumped in the race as uh, so also if uh, like even if the comment was still running? Just a, yes, just a I,
1: I I did not know that he would be running for regional, but if he would put his name. I believe he registered like, um, on the same day as mm, me okay. or the day after. So very close timing. So if I realized that he have already registered, then I can, I would still be running. I think it is a, it is a good step for me to, you know, I've been in the same company doing news for the past 15, 16 years. And, you know, I'm 36 years old. Sometimes when I go to canvassing, you know, some, some, some people would ask me, Hey, you're 20 years old. What are you running for city council? <laughs> and I'm like, I have a, child. I'm 36 years old, but thank you. Maybe it's the jeans or something like that. I look <laughs> very young. I do have gray hair. So I, I tell them I'm 36 and uh, I, I, my, my daughter is one and, and I plan to grow my family here in war two. And, and I really want the best. And I'm really on the resident side. You know, sometimes um, one of the reasons that I'm running for city councilor is that when I'm, I'm canvassing for the past month, a lot of times I, I find out the perception of politicians have have not been very, you know, positive. Some residents have been, you know, telling me their feedback is that, oh, you know, counselors or, you know, MP MPPs, I, I don't want to point out any names, but it's a general feeling that people think that politicians only show up every four years. And they only show up to fundraising dinners, gala dinners, photo op opportunities, and they're not really in the neighborhood to listen to people's concern. And that's why I, I, when I knock on doors, I'm not, I'm, I wasn't doing the this, this speed run thing. I'm not going like, hi, I'm here to you know, get your vote and buy. I spend so much time with every single resident that I get a chance to talk to. Some of them don't want to talk to me, that's okay. But some of them t- today, I just spent an hour talking to one single resident and he was telling me about his neighborhood Because I live in cathedral town, There are certain neighborhoods that I'm not 100% familiar with. I'm going to be honest. I'm not perfect, but I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to take responsibility and hope to change the perception of, you know, I hope to become a newer, a younger generation of politicians that people can relate to who I'm a working dad. You know, I'm not from business family. I don't have, you know, big company, big corporations to support me, developers. I don't have that. I'm a working dad. I just care about uh, my 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 children's future and my future. So there's something in my platform that focus on that exactly is what we need as residents.
0: Okay, you know what? Let's take a look at your platform because I have it on my, up on my screen as right. well here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very. I found it very interesting because uh, you, you says um, you put forward that uh your plan is um is a bright plan. So it's an right. acronym. So let's just go through each one of the points that you put here. So the first thing you said here is budget. Mm -hmm. And your first, uh, your your point about the budget is you want to monitor the use of the city budget to ensure our city of Markham operates with a lean financial plan and to dissect and present up to the date budget plans on a regular basis to ensure all Relevant municipal fiscal information is disclosed to you in a timely and transparent manner, and to provide you, the residents, with the latest incentive or benefit plans and tips in helping you save your money. Um, Is there, just based on that point alone, now, my understanding is cities in Ontario, they're not allowed to run a deficit, so they have to present a balanced budget every fiscal year. Um, this has been maybe somewhat thrown off by the last two years of uh, COVID nineteen uh, spending, but yeah. uh, nevertheless, that is on the law by by law that cities have to balance their books. Um, my understanding is that Markham has, like many other GTA municipalities, you know, adhere to the principles of running a fiscally responsible. Most of the time, yes. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of uh, I. He- I don't hear a lot of stories about wild spending from Mayor Scarpetti or <laughs> the same Arkham City Council. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, why don't you do you want to address this point? Yeah, like, is there definitely. something? You, is there something you find that it could be improved on, or is there like like some uh, some um, something you don't agree with with the way the city is managing right. money right now?
1: So, I don't want to exaggerate anything because you know, keeping a tight budget. Uh, not increasing property tax by a lot is bas- It's a, it's basic. It's it's very common sense, right? Everybody who lives here would prefer that. But it's not that. It's it's not looking very good this year because, um, as you know, you know Markham's property tax property tax have been frozen. You know, but this year we had to increase that by a bit because uh, what's happening we all know is that the inflation is going really high. Gas prices, food prices, everything is costing a lot more. So it's it's not looking as good as before. Meaning that you know Markham for all these years have been substituting, increasing the property tax by you know building more houses, you know getting more taxpayers instead of making each taxpayer to pay more. That was the strategy for the past I don't know how many years, but many years for Markham, and um, a lot of um, residents here appreciate. The fact that we're not getting a lot of property tax increase, but as I said, you know, um, because of the global crisis, budget is going to be tough. And in fact, you know, our as candidates to run in the city council, uh, we used to have more city rebates uh, for our uh, donation contributors, but this year they had to cut that, and there's many more cuts already happened. So one of the things that I would say is that. You know, keeping a good budget is something it's so basic, it's common sense. So I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it's, yeah, it's just what we have to do. Hmm. So our property tax won't increase by too much.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, depending on just property tax, it's always, that's the primary source of revenue for most uh, municipal governments uh, mm. in Ontario. Um, like, I mean, like there have been, uh, I've, I've read of things that of, of people talk about, well, cities need to have like alternative sources of revenue, because you know, we, ex people expect them to provide services, right? And if they only have one source of um, money to draw from, that's going to be, that makes it very hard year after year, no matter whether it's a good economic uh, period or a bad economic period. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you think it's a, uh, it would be an uh, something to talk about to like introduce like alternate sources of revenue or ask like uh, another level of government for permission to in, like raise fees in certain other areas or to draw money other from other than property taxes
1: uh yes definitely i will look into that yeah but i really want to talk about the uh, the second part of uh, my campaign <laughs> why is, not okay okay Because that is yeah. the thing that a lot of residents have been telling me about um so the second part, as you can see, is a recreational space.
0: Yes, I saw your video. You uh, said that Ward 2 does not have their own community center,
1: right? For all uh, these years. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: well, it's yeah, it's it's a relatively new area, but uh, it's the area has been around for a bit. So it's very interesting that, I guess, residents in your ward have to drive to a place, I guess, out to Angus Glen, which is pass warden into somewhere else in order to- Or six, yeah. Or six. And you mentioned that there's a, like a, like a backlog and uh, of like a waiting, like people have to like book their spots and wait for a very long period of time before they can actually access those services. So as a city council, how would you go about in getting a community center in your ward, you know?
1: Well, first of all, the community space is definitely lacking in uh, my ward because, um, it's kind of tied to what we were talking earlier about, you know, budget and property tax and building more houses. You know, Markham has been very vibrant in, you know, in terms of, you know, building more um, housing and, you know, townhouses, condos. But at the same time, you know, what I've been hearing is that the city haven't shown that they have a plan that not only tackling the shortage of housing but at the same time having adequate accommodation for people who actually live there so too many houses but not enough community center parks library, schools and stores people are trying to find you know stores near their houses and they're like oh there's just more houses nearby i always have to drive you know 5 10 minutes to get to where a supermarket is so that's that's not working for a lot of neighborhoods so Back to the question is that for community center, what's happening right now is that the whole Markham is uh, trying to get into Angus clan, Thornhill, some Markham residents in Ward 2 because Ward 2 is right next to Richmond Hill. Some of our neighbors, they actually have to go to, they decide to go to Richmond Green community center in Richmond Hill. So that's something that we should do better. And uh, if we have the space, if we have the land to do it, then we need to really fight for our own community center because after COVID, a lot of people want to come out to have, uh, you know, um, community activities. You know, especially seniors. Not just me; just want to play basketball. Uh, not just my kids want to get into swimming lessons. Also, seniors are having so much demand for booking a space, a place, outdoor, indoor. You know, do some dance dancing, playing some sports, singing, things that make them happy, have, have quality life. But they couldn't do that right now because they're telling me that when they try to book, it's all full, especially in Anglos clan. So what I'm suggesting is that we, we need to, you know not only build the houses, Yeah, you know, we, we can't stop building houses. We need to build houses. I, I, that's that's just common sense, right? For the population growth. But because of the population growth, we need to have enough facilities to make sure that people live there can have, you know, spaces to keep them happy. You know, I have a degree in mental health science. People who are lack of uh, physical activities tend to have, you know, not as good mood as usual, sometimes even depression, you no know, mental stress, you know, that's where the negative energy comes from. That's why uh, I am going to fight. I'm going to try my very best to build to try to get a community center in war two finally after all these years
0: Mm, okay excellent yeah so uh, yeah, you're, let's uh, take a look at your some of your the next promise you may you wanted to uh, work on. Uh, that's your I uh, increase employment opportunities, and you want to organize events, competitions, and workshops to help you know, enhance yeah. the knowledge and build up career profiles of people in your community. And I believe in your background, you uh, you have some experience in sort of organizing community events. Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, I think uh, during the pandemic, you organized mm-hmm. some uh, you know distribution of a uh, Personal protective equipment and yes. and, uh, and as well rapid as, test like, kits.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So, how would you go about as a counselor to help increase, you know, jobs in War Two?
1: So the last I uh, talk about the community events, the the last uh, events that I've done before I you know become a candidate was a, a youth speech contest, and the theme of the contest was uh, my ideal, my dream city. And I got a lot of uh, amazing feedback from our children, our next generation, what they want to see in our city. So one person in my team, my campaign team, my very good friend for many years, he is a lecturer, a researcher from, you know, uh, Toronto Metropolitan University, which is, uh, used to be called Ryerson University. And he gave me so much good ideas. You know, I'm not a scholar myself, but uh, this, this friend of mine, his name is Cliff. And uh, because he has always been working with, you know, young people, uh, he gave me this idea that with more community activities, like a speech contest, you know, and for, you know, people in high school and even, you know, in university, you know, we can have some community events to help them, to guide them, you know, writing a resume, you know, finding a job, how to do public speech, uh, how to do better in an interview, because, you know, I... Used to be very shy as a teenager and before i became a tv news anchor I, I i was very nervous anxious in public speaking and i feel like especially after three years of lockdown our our kids our teens they need more opportunities to train their her public speaking skills uh, skills that will you know let them have a better chance in finding a job you know being a volunteer getting more involved in the community instead of i don't want to say that because i play video game myself but but it's true that sometimes in you know the covid times we're just stuck at home we you got nothing to do so sometimes kids will you know play video games at home and not doing much outside and socially you know physically outside so that's what i'm trying to do is is that as a city counselor, we have that influence and I have been, you know, before I am a candidate, I'm already organizing these kind of events to encourage um, young people to come out. So that's my plan. And when I become a city council, I will, I will organize more, more bigger scale uh, events that will help these uh, children, you know, you know, teenagers, young adults to uh, get into the uh, so- society, our community, help them succeed in the future. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, the next one is uh, G. It says green community. And uh, you want to say, you want to discuss the opportunity to increase bike rack supply in right. the ward and also build more charging stations for uh, electrical vehicles uh, in the community. So right. yeah, I think electric vehicles are um, becoming more of a, a trend lately. Like um, I think maybe- in- When the
1: gas price is $2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. all, we Everybody's- wish they have bought an EV like a few years ago now, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious because, um, you know, I was wondering if Markham like has, a, you know, a, some kind of plan to put more electric vehicle infrastructure. I know like in certain like yeah. private buildings and condos, they have those installed Charger, in the, yeah. undergr- in the charges for mm-hmm. underground because a lot of people are buying those vehicles now. So I don't know, as a city council, how do you go about in promoting that, idea and not just in your ward, but maybe Mm -hmm. across the city as well,
1: you know? Yes. So, yeah, let's go back to, you know, I, I'm a media person, you know, there's things that I'm not professional in. That's why I want to give a shout out to, you know, really my, 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 my friend, the uh, lecturer from Ryerson university, uh, uh, Cliff Chan. Now he gave me this idea because he has been developing, you know, uh, electronic powered uh, scooter for years. And he's, he's telling me, like, he's he's he rides a bike, he rides scooter, and he's very concerned about you know, um, our environment. And I really take advice from him. Uh, as we were talking about, EV is inevitable. Like, we have a plan federally that in time, all the new cars will be uh, zero emissions. So, it's, it's definitely something we have to prepare. But right now, what I'm seeing, what, uh, you know, my friend uh, Cliff is seeing is that we do not have enough chargers. We don't have enough, uh, you know, the, the bike lanes, things that support that green community idea and plan. So we have to keep this in mind that it's inevitable. And we have to make sure that especially the gas price is so high that in time, most people would you know, get into electrical vehicles, electrical bikes, and scooters. So it, it, it gradually will will able to, you know, um, hit that goal of zero emissions. You know, sometime in the future, that's 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 a must. We can't we can't uh, deny that.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the next one is uh, about harmonized community. I want to go back to that, but because you already brought up the idea of uh, EVs and uh, scooters. Mm-hmm. Uh, lately, I think I want to jump to your uh, last point, which is traffic and public transit, because I think those two are
1: related. Right. Yeah. Well, quickly, just- I just want to say, you know, yeah. uh, the harmonized community, uh, I've apologized. It's it's. I have to use H for the acronym. Oh, OK, it's basically <laughs> for safety. It just means that for safety. I've been talking yeah. to not, not a lot of neighbors. My street got a car stolen just four months ago. So that's what we're concerned about, making sure the community is safe, growing our neighborhood watch groups. And uh, yeah. Yeah encourage people to, uh, install those, uh, smart cameras to make sure our homes don't get break in. So that's yeah,
0: I have noticed that because like, um, I, I'm at, look, I'll admit it right now. I volunteered for election candidates just this past month and I've been right. door knocking with them too. I don't get into more extensive conversation like you do. You probably do it better than I do. Right. but Um, but I have seen a lot of people use these, uh, use, uh, use these smart monitoring and, uh, like their doorbells are equipped with cameras so they can Mm. see uh, who is ringing the doorbell. I also Mm. use this app called Nextdoor, which which is how I connected with you. How you
1: found me. Oh, I found
0: you. (laughs) Because my email wasn't
1: working for a week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, yeah, I I, I noticed on Nextdoor, there's always residents from around Mark and posting videos. It's just like, oh, the vandalism or someone's trying to steal a car, this or someone's doing this or that. And it just seems like there's just a lot of... um, These sort of incidents is happening late at night or when they think nobody's watching, just Mm -hmm. not just in your ward, but it's just around the community. So, you know, I'm just, you know, I don't know, like what people what the city council would be able to do in conjunction with the police, because we always uh, expect something to come from the police in terms of like just trying to keep the community safe. And uh, you know it's 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 a it's a very uh, pressing issue, I think. For yeah, it's it's very residents.
1: important, especially for my ward, because if you look at the map, Ward Two is right mm-hmm. next to 404 Highway.
0: Yeah,
1: and that's why the bad guys they think that it's easy to you know come grab a car and go quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a lot more um, um easier, and I've been encouraging residents to you know in, install if they have to park on the driveway, you know the the police encourage us to install those old school mechanical tire locks on our steel steeling wheel and that is going to be a you know very good deterrent hmm.
0: okay well yeah that's a it's very a uh, good uh set of uh, ideas you have put forward and um i guess like one, one of my last questions before i um well i said i have two more questions go ahead um okay so uh, for a municipal government, you have to work with like other orders of government like province and federal government. So yes. um, you've obviously have described like your own connections from before with yes. various uh, people from other levels of government. So yeah. as a city councillor, like you're only at uh, at the city, not at the region. But right. besides that point, like how how would you go about in leveraging your relationships in order to Build better relations with other levels of government to maybe get some of the things that you've put forward in your platform done.
1: Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, some of my viewers, they have watched me interview Justin Trudeau. Uh, Some of them uh, watched me interview Aaron O'Toole, the last conservative leader. And uh, I have interviewed Doug Ford. I've interviewed, you know, uh, various politicians. But one of the questions that I get when I go campus is that, uh, residents ask me, hey, uh, Rich, so what party are you in? And I have to tell them uh, very clearly that I am independent, especially we're running for city councilor. And it's so important for city councilor to be nonpartisan and to not have too strong of a tie with a certain party. The reason why is that you um, Right now we have a liberal uh, government for federal level and we have a PC, a conservative government for a uh, provincial, right? But the thing is, you know, a city councilor for city, you you never hear people say that the liberal government of Markham or the conservative government of Toronto, it it's, doesn't make sense. It might make sense in Vancouver or in, you know, BC because right in that province, their rules are, is, is that, city councilors can have a party, but in Ontario, we cannot. So I would say that as a city councilor, uh, oftentimes I as, as I was canvassing, I'm explaining to residents that, you know, our role is to make sure what's best for our city, for us, for the residents. If uh, the federal government, the, the liberal government have some, you know, they have uh, Money for us to, you know, fix the bridges, you know, build things and uh, good, good infrastructure to help our city. Sure, yeah, we can cooperate with them. Uh, if the provincial government, is, you know, they just got reelected, they're building a new highway. Is that something that residents want? We have to talk to our residents. So it depends really on what's best for Markham residents. So I would say. That you know there'll be more candidates for different wards throughout Markham, Richmond Hill, York region. And I would, I don't want to warn people, but I would suggest first of all, vote for a counselor that actually lives in your ward. And second of all, um, if a candidate really high profile and they're trying to emphasize their, their really friend, really closely tied with a certain party, you know, liberal, conservative, NDP, doesn't matter. No, got to be, you know, be, be careful. If that candidate become your counselor, is he going to put the party's priorities first, or is he going to put the city's priority first? That's a very good question to ask.
0: Yeah. I think it's uh, important because I think, um, you probably, encou- you, you just mentioned in your canvassing that you, there's mm-hmm. some people ask you which party you're from and they, because they are so used to like political parties in uh, yeah. during an election campaign. It's, uh, it's very confusing to sort of it blends over. Well, um, I think I want to, I want to thank you for for your time, Rich. And uh, you know I know you're very busy out there meeting people every day. Yes. So I really appreciate your time and coming on here. Um, just one one more thing. I think I noticed. Uh, right. if, should you be successful, I believe you would be the second. Um, a news anchor to sit on Markham City Council because I think uh, your former colleague Issa Lee is uh, the Ward Eight counselor right now. I believe.
1: Yeah. Before she was <laughs> elected, we were co-anchors oh, on TV. Okay. So uh, I've much to learn. Uh, also, Castro Liu from Richmond Hill. Ah, yes, who yes. Who is also a Fairchild? You know, um, you know, DJ like a radio host, right? Ah, okay, yeah, so, yeah.
0: I've seen them. I've seen them uh, at a number of functions before. Too. Yes. So, okay. And, well, uh, yeah. Well, Rich, thank you very much again for your thank time. Thank you so much. And uh, if people want to find you, uh, to find you, find you, f- locate you or contact you, yes. how do they reach you? Do you want to promote your, uh, your website or your, your social media?
1: Yeah, it's very easy. My uh, website is just richlau.ca, my name. And then there is email, there's phone number on it. And uh, you're welcome to send me any feedbacks, especially, you know, you, if you want me to learn about your community, your neighborhood more, then I would definitely happy to come over to meet you and talk to you. And Alan, I want to say you're doing fantastic, you know, fantastic. Because <laughs> we are really you know, doing some, something that uh, really boost the voter turnout, I hope, in the October. Hopefully not 22% anymore, 30, 40%. (laughs) Yeah, let's hope it's
0: it's higher than 30%, (laughs) you know, whatever it is. That's really low. But uh, thank you again for your time. And uh, this is, uh, once again, uh, Muni Poly Matters podcast. And uh, please, in Ontario, remember to vote on October 24th. Thank you very much.